Today's reading of the Holy Gospel according to the witness of St. John, the first chapter, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. This is the gospel of the Lord. Amen. Once upon a time, once upon a time, when you hear that phrase, you know that you're about to enter a story, a particular kind of story, uh, the kind of story that we uh, call fairy tale. Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, and so it goes. In these make-believe stories, there's usually a princess, a prince, um, a magic kingdom, maybe a castle, and usually some sort of antagonist, a witch, a dragon, an evil monarch. But by the end of the fairy tale, by the end of the story, after some struggling between goodness and evil, uh, the good people live. And you know how they live. Say it with me. Happily ever after. Ah, you know fairy tales. These once upon a time stories, we're told by historians, date back to at least... uh, the 14th century in England, that's when they appeared in written form. But many historians think these once upon a time stories uh, existed even before that in just oral tradition. And now they're part of our lives. They're part of our culture. Uh, We tell these kinds of stories to our children and grandchildren, just as some of our parents and grandparents told the same stories to us when we were young. Today we enter a story, marvelous story, but it's no fairy tale. And as we begin the holy season of Advent, our hearts and minds again focus on the coming of the long-awaited Savior of the world, Jesus. And this good news, this story of God's grace, this gospel, um, it's not make-believe, yet it gives us reason to believe it almost makes us believe. It, it, it creates faith within us in a loving and merciful God who stooped low to save us and lift us high. The story of our salvation does not begin with once upon a time in a land far away, does it? But with these words, in the beginning, in the beginning Not the beginning of a myth in some fictional realm, but the beginning of the real world, the actual universe, the world that really exists, the world that God created with words. He called creation into being, and he loves creation, and he loves his creatures, and he loves you, and he loves a sinner like me. And in the beginning was the word And that word is Jesus. 
Now, there are some important truths that we as the church, the people of God, must always remember and preach and teach and insist upon. And as we think about the coming of Christ in preparation for our celebration of Christmas, it is essential that we remember these truths. And as we think about John's gospel this morning, and the word that was there at the beginning, I ask you to consider, if you would, one of our creeds, uh, the Nicene Creed. If you'd like to follow along, It's right there in the front of your hymnal on page 64. Otherwise, you can trust the preacher. I'll read to you what's called the second article of the creed. These words should be familiar. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father. Remember that word. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. Of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate, remember that word, from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. This is very familiar, isn't it? It's a lot like the second article of the Apostles' Creed, but in the Nicene Creed, uh, there's more language because the church had to deal with heresies. The church always has to deal with heresies, even in our time. And so the point was well made that this Jesus is eternal. Uh, begotten, not made. If you are to have faith in the true God, the living God, then it is essential that you understand and appreciate what these words mean. Uh, You are uh, a creature that has been made. I am a creature that has been made. Dogs and cats are made. Birds and fish are made. Trees and plants are made. The sun, the moon, the stars were made. All these things are made because at one time they did not exist. At one time you did not exist, neither did I. We were created as creatures by the Creator. Remember this, friends. Jesus was not created Uh, The second person of the Trinity was not made. Jesus, the eternal word, has been forever, forever with the Father and the Spirit. There was never a time in which Jesus did not exist as God. He has always been the Son, sharing the same glory as the Father. There was a time, however, and this is good news for us, when Jesus did not have a human nature but took one on for our sake. The eternal Son took to himself human nature, our nature. When he was conceived in the virgin's womb and born of Mary, and that's what the church, the people of God, mean when they say begotten, begotten. Jesus left, think about this, the wonder 
the beauty, the perfection of heaven in full communion with the Father and the Spirit to become a real person and walk this earth fully God and fully man at the same time. And this is when we can rightly say that Jesus was made man. Some of our church members are really overachievers. I started getting some of my first Christmas cards from church members last week, Thanksgiving week. God bless you people who plan so far ahead. And some of those beautiful, uh, always welcome Christmas cards um, talk about the birthday of Jesus. And to an extent, uh, this is most certainly true. Jesus was indeed born of Mary. She did indeed carry the Savior in her womb. He absolutely was born in Bethlehem when shepherds came to worship the newborn king. But when we think on and prepare for Christmas, we should also think of it as um, not just a birthday, but incarnation day. When the word became incarnate and took on flesh, the day in which that eternal word was made man. Real flesh, real blood, flesh like yours and mine that would be nailed to a cross, flesh that would bleed as spikes were pounded into hands and feet, flesh that would really die as he did that for your sake and mine. So think and pray about these things, this truth in these coming days of Advent. Jesus left heaven for you. He became a real man for you, suffering and dying for your sake. There was some talk of heaven last week when my wife Kirsten and I enjoyed a few days out of town together just over in Arizona. Uh, we traveled to uh, Prescott. I learned the hard way. It's not Prescott, but Prescott. That's how the locals say it. And then we went to a place we'd never been before. Any of you ever been over to uh, Lake Havasu City? We were first timers there. While I was soaking my bones in the outdoor hot tub and doing my best as an introvert to keep to myself, another guy about my size climbed in and said to me, well, isn't this a little slice of heaven there? I didn't have the heart to tell him that my idea of heaven is not sharing a bathtub with a stranger. <laughs> but I understood what he meant, especially when he went, on and on and on and yammer, yammer, yammer about all those horrible winters he spent in Minnesota when he was working in Minneapolis. My idea of heaven doesn't include being with an old guy my age in what is essentially an outdoor bathtub. And my idea of heaven certainly doesn't include people who go on and on and on and on when I just want some peace and quiet. But that phrase, a little slice of heaven, We use that one, don't we? When we refer to something 
really special, something out of the ordinary, something really good, something wonderful, something beautiful, something satisfying. Being on vacation with Kirsten was wonderful. Uh, I would have stayed another week or two if I could have, but, you know, we had to come back. Had to come back to reality, back to work, back to Albuquerque, back to Faith Lutheran, as all of you through the years have had to mark the end of a vacation and come back home to work. That hot tub in Lake Havasu City was nice, but boy, oh boy, I'm hoping and trusting that heaven's better. And even though I wish I could have lingered there longer, when the time came to head home, I certainly didn't worry about being betrayed or suffering a flogging or facing a public execution. But Jesus did. Think about all your personal little slices of heaven that you've been blessed to experience through the years, those special times that were so meaningful and beautiful and good. And as you think about your little slices of heaven, well, then think on Jesus, who didn't give up just a little taste of heaven, a little slice of heaven, but heaven itself. He came to earth because he had work to do. Not work that would earn him a nice pension after 20 or 30 years, but the holy work, the singular work of our salvation. He left heaven to do the work of shouldering that heavy cross and dying on it with the heaviness of our sins on his back to save us from certain sin and death. The work he did not to give us just a little slice of heaven. Oh, but to give us heaven itself. Once upon a time. Well, that's a great way to start a fairy tale. In the beginning, that's not the introduction to a fairy tale, but the true story of God's perfect love and mercy, the story of our salvation, the true story of Jesus. And because of Christ, it's your story. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.